RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines, the Chief Secretary gives his full support to the police and promises an IPCC report soon on July's Yuenlong gang attacks. The man at the centre of a murder case that kicked off the extradition bill saga reportedly says that he is willing to face justice in Taiwan and the mainland economy grows at its slowest rate since the early 1990s. The Chief Secretary, Matthew Cheung, says that the Independent Police Complaints Council should come out with an initial report soon on the gang attack on protesters and others in Yuenlong MTR station in July, which helped trigger the spiral of violence that Hong Kong is in. He made the revelation in a phone-in on the policy address in RTHK after he yesterday urged people to move on from the attack. The IPCC will look into the whole saga, including 21st of, of, of July. That's point number one. And in fact, they are doing very good work at the moment, uh, a, a, a full swing. In fact, they will be coming up with the initial report, hopefully by the end of this month, by the end of the year or early next year. So in other words, things are moving in the right direction. All right. So we shall leave it in the hands of the IPCC. Mr Cheung says the police are doing an excellent job and that the government will continue to fully support the force. But he was challenged by a caller who said a recent poll showed that more than half of Hong Kong people had zero trust in the force and it was the administration which had destroyed that trust. The chief secretary was asked whether the government would consider restructuring the police as many people were calling for. That's not debate on something theoretical or academic at the moment. Rather, our job is to face the present crisis, tackle the present situation, bring all of it back to the community so that we can have calm and peace in the whole community. A Hong Kong man accused of carrying out a murder in Taiwan that first prompted the government to propose its now withdrawn extradition bill has reportedly said that he is prepared to go back to Taipei to face justice. Chen Tong Kei is serving a 29-month prison sentence here on money laundering charges relating to property he took from the murder victim, his girlfriend Poon Shui Wing. He could be released next week. The Tsingtao newspaper reports that he is willing in principle to return to Taipei, but he had expressed a wish that the authorities would not seek a death sentence. Business and Professionals Alliance lawmaker Priscilla Leung says she believes Chan will not be sentenced to death due to his age and the details of the case. She says that the Hong Kong government can send observers and provide legal advice to protect his rights. Usually, uh, under this kind of circumstances, Taiwan is practicing civil law tradition. Uh, the same practice will offer to those who are voluntarily surrendering themselves before the court. Sentences may be uh, lenient, as well as he also may provide different grounds to defend his own case. The administration says it's possible MTR opening hours could soon return to normal, as long as there are no further attacks on train stations by anti-government protesters. The MTR corporation has been closing train services at around 10pm to allow for repairs since widespread attacks a fortnight ago after the government introduced an anti-mask law. Here's the Secretary for Transport and Housing, Frank Chan. It all depends whether or not there will be incoming uh, damages. You know, if everything remains normal and there will be no further uh, attack or damage, then I would say that one or two weeks would be possibly the, 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 the target. Speaking on an RTHK programme, Mr Chan also said the government had identified 20 sites for transitional housing, most of which were temporarily vacant government plots, with other sites borrowed from private owners.
He said the largest could accommodate 2,000 flats. The chief executive announced in her policy address on Wednesday that the government wanted to provide 10,000 transitional homes over the next three years for people who are waiting for public flats. Political analyst and pro-democracy campaigner Joseph Cheng says that the turmoil in Hong Kong since June has boosted the number of pro-democracy candidates contesting next month's district council elections. At the close of nominations last night, more than 1,100 candidates had registered to contest the 452 seats. From the pro-democracy movement's point of view, we now more or less can fill candidates in every single constituency. Whereas in the month of April, May, we still could not have candidates in about 150 constituencies. So certainly the social turmoil in the months from June to September have much encouraged people to be interested and there are new candidates not affiliated to any particular political party willing and ready to run. The Civil Human Rights Front says it's still waiting for approval to hold an anti-government rally on Sunday. Vice convener Eric Lay told RTHK he didn't think the recent anti-mask law, nor a hammer attack on the front's convener, would deter people from coming out. One of the themes for our rally this Sunday is to urge for abolishing the anti-mask law. And I'm sure that many people are outraged of the paradigms and actions of this law. So we will not encourage anyone who breaks the law or who violates the law. But I'm sure that there will be a lot of people who are dissatisfied with any mask law and will use kind of symbolic gesture against it during the rally. The front's convener, Jimmy Sham, is in a stable condition in hospital after being attacked by a group of hammer-wielding men in Mong Kok on Wednesday. Overseas, Donald Trump has praised Recep Tayyip Erdogan after the Turkish president agreed to temporarily halt a military offensive against Kurdish-held areas of northern Syria. At a rally in Texas, he described Mr Erdogan as great and said he was a gentleman. Mr Trump also defended the withdrawal of US forces in the region. It was unconventional what I did. I said, they're going to have to fight a little while. Sometimes you have to let them fight a little while. Then people find out how tough the fighting is. These guys know right up here. These guys know. Right? Sometimes you have to let them fight. It's like two kids in a lot. You got to let them fight and then you pull them apart. But it was unconventional. But they fought for a few days and it was pretty vicious. One of Mr Trump's top officials has acknowledged that military aid was withheld from Ukraine earlier this year in an effort to put pressure on the government there. The acting White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney said the administration wanted Kiev to investigate whether it had helped the Democrats in the 2016 US presidential election. Democratic Congressman Adam Schiff said the revelation meant that things had gone from very bad to much worse for Mr Trump. The idea that vital military assistance would be withheld for such a patently political reason for the reason of serving the president's re-election campaign is a phenomenal breach of the president's duty to defend our national security. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson says he's convinced that Parliament in Westminster will approve his new Brexit deal after it gained unanimous backing from EU leaders. He urged MPs to vote for the agreement during a special setting of Parliament tomorrow. Mr Johnson has accepted customs checks on goods entering Northern Ireland to avoid creating a hard border with the Irish Republic. Donald Donald Tusk is the European Council President.
The key change in comparison with the earlier version of the deal is Prime Minister Johnson's acceptance to have customs checks at the points of entry into Northern Ireland. This compromise will allow us to avoid border checks between Ireland and Northern Ireland and will ensure the integrity of the single market. The reality is that today we have a deal which allows us to avoid chaos and an atmosphere of conflict between the EU27 and the United Kingdom. But Mr Johnson's Northern Irish allies, the DUP, have said they won't back the deal. A huge gunfight has taken place in the Mexican city of Culiacan as members of the Sinaloa drugs cartel clashed with police and the military after one of the group's leaders, Ovidio Guzman Lopez, was detained. He's the son of the group's former leader, Joaquin El Chapo Guzman, who is serving a life sentence in the United States. Here's the BBC's Will Grant. The state government said he had been found in a house by a police patrol on a routine search and that cartel members subsequently launched the huge attack in an attempt to wrestle him back from the authorities. Ovidio Guzman became one of the leaders of the cartel after his father was arrested and deported to the United States, where he was recently sentenced to life in prison plus 30 years on drug trafficking charges. In the middle of the chaos, a jailbreak involving a number of prisoners also apparently took place in the city as the cartel tried to sow greater confusion in the effort to recover their leader. A fourth day of protests against the jailing of Catalan separatist politicians has ended in more violence on the streets of Barcelona. After two largely peaceful pro-independence demonstrations attended by thousands of people, there was a confrontation between a small radical group and far-right Spanish nationalists. The radicals then turned on police, throwing petrol bombs and setting fire to barricades. In financial news, official figures show China's economy grew at the slowest rate in nearly three decades in the third quarter, with GDP growth at 6%, down from the previous quarter's 6.2%. It's the lowest quarterly growth since records began in 1992. But the National Bureau of Statistics says that the overall economy is stable as the main macroeconomic indicators are doing reasonably well. Here's its spokesman, Mao Shengyang. The national economy maintained overall stability in the first three quarters. However, we must be aware that given the complicated and severe economic conditions both at home and abroad, the slowing global economic growth and increasing external instabilities and uncertainties, the economy is under mounting downward pressure. The head of the International Monetary Fund, Kristalina Gordieva, has welcomed progress in trade talks between the US and China, but warned more needs to be done. Speaking ahead of the IMS annual finance minister's meeting, she called for trade to be reinstated as an engine of the world economy. Here's the BBC's Andrew Walker. Ms Georgieva set out what she called a global policy agenda and first on her list of priorities for IMF member countries was to undo the harm caused by trade conflict and to find a lasting solution for the future. She said that IMF economists had looked at the extent of the economic damage being done by new tariffs or taxes on traded goods. She described their conclusions as fairly dire. $700 billion or 0.8% of global economic activity by next year. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,824, 26 points down on the previous close. And currencies, the US dollar is trading at 108.56 yen, the euro is at 1 US dollar and 11 cents, and a pound will buy you 10 Hong Kong dollars and 7 cents. Sport now, here's Atom Chung. 
Baseball's American League Championship Series resumed after the rain cleared in New York and the Houston Astros picked up from right where they left off. The Astros used a pair of three-run shots to beat the Yankees 8-3 and took a commanding 3-1 lead in the best of seven. George Springer and Carlos Correa provided the two home runs. Masahiro Tanaka started for the Yankees and was charged with three earned runs over five innings, taking his first loss this postseason. The Astros can return to the World Series following a one-year absence if they win tomorrow. They'll have their ace Justin Verlander on the mound for Game 5. The Yankees will likely counter with James Paxton in a game that they must win to avoid being ousted by Houston in the ALCS for the second time in three seasons. Next to the Rugby World Cup, the England coach Eddie Jones has made a dramatic change to his side for tomorrow's quarterfinal against Australia. George Ford has been dropped to the bench, with Owen Farrell selected in his place at fly half. Ford has started in every game this World Cup and has been a standout performer for England, but Jones has left him out for the knockout game. George in the 23. We have the starting and the finishing team, so he's going to finish for us instead of starting. I spoke to him this morning and obviously he's disappointed, but he knows his role in the team. He's got an important role in the team and that's how we've we've spoken all along. We've got a squad of 23. We look at it as a squad of 23. Everyone has a role to do. It's always a horses for courses situation in terms of selection. We're always looking to pick the right team for the for the right game. And we feel this is the best starting and finishing team for this game. Australia coach Michael Cheka has named the 19-year-old Jordan Patea at centre, making him Australia's youngest test centre in 30 years. He's also the first player born this century to feature in a World Cup knockout game. In the day's second quarter final, Ireland's Robbie Henshaw will replace the suspended centre Bundy Aki for their match against the defending champions New Zealand. Aki was banned for three games for a high tackle in Ireland's final group game against Samoa. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs' Super Bowl dreams were dealt a serious blow after the NFL's most valuable player, Patrick Mahomes, was injured in their 30-6 win over the Broncos in Denver. The Chiefs' quarterback hurt his right knee in a pileup near the goal line after completing a quarterback sneak to score a touchdown. Coach Andy Reid said he didn't know how serious the injury was and added that the Chiefs would be ready to play on without him. Before he got hurt, Mahomes became the fastest player in NFL history to throw 7,500 yards in only his 25th game. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, our top story again. The Chief Secretary promises an IPCC report soon on July's year-long attacks. The news from RTHK. Dengue fever is a mosquito-borne disease, and the incubation period is from 3 to 14 days. The symptoms of first infection are usually mild. But subsequent infections from other serotypes of dengue virus may lead to severe dengue and can be fatal. Once infected, the risk of severe dengue is lifelong. If you feel unwell after mosquito bites from travel abroad, see a doctor right away and explain your recent travel history. For details, visit www.chp.gov.hk.
just wanna know why you ain't been going to work. Boss ain't working you like this. He can't take care of you like this. Now you're lost, lost in the heat of it all. Girl, you know you're lost, lost in the thrill of it all. Miami, Amsterdam, Tokyo, Spain, lost. Los Angeles, India, lost on a train, lost. Got on my buttercream, silk shirt, and it's Versace. Hand me my triple A so I could wait to work. I got on your girl. No, I don't really wish. I don't wish the tear to show. No, have I ever, have I ever let you get caught? Uh, lost, lost in the heat of it. It is. 